0: Have you guys taken the time to go over to our website at studynotesaba.com and check out all the amazing mock exams we have? If not, this is your prompt to head over there. We have some of the best mock exams, full mocks that cover the entire fifth edition task list, mini mocks that cover each individual section. We have some fun themed mocks like the Mean Girls mock. Have you ever seen that movie? So, fetch, go over, check them out. They all come with detailed feedback, and I'm talking detailed where it's located on the task list item, and you can keep your results for a full year. I'm telling you, they're badass, and it gives you so many opportunities to come into contact with test questions that are not boring. So you're gonna have fun. Head over to www.studynowsaba.com and get your mock exams now. Love you, Need it.
1: Study notes ABA ABA and a little X, right it away. It's behavior, bitches.
2: Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey, and we are here with episode 126. Unfortunately, Katie has lost her rights to make the rhyme for today because she was making six rhyme with eclipse, which kind which of it does rhyme, and but we are just so ahead of our shit that it wouldn't make sense to talk about the eclipse that's happening today on September 14th when this comes out on November 14th. 14th. <laughs> 14th. So uh, I'm going to give you guys a rhyme. Today is episode one, two, six. The guest we have on today genuinely loves what she does and where she works, no tricks. Which, with everyone talking so much shit lately, that's really refreshing. And when we spoke to this guest, I was like, it is so nice to hear someone who genuinely loves what they do and where they work. So hopefully you guys feel a little bit inspired by this. But before we go there, it is time for us to give our review of the day.
0: Casey, take it away. All right. You're you're still
2: allowed to do this. You haven't lost this privilege. So
0: keep going. Okay. Well, first I have a PSA. To all of our loyal listeners, to anyone that's new to listening, if you could run over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a five-star review and write to us um, something nice. We love getting these and... We're at 1,082. I want to get to 1,500 500 by the new year. So if you do write a review, we're going to enter you guys in to win some really fun stuff. So today's review is coming in from Beth A. S-H-M-C-L, and it says, thank you. This podcast has helped me stay focused during my studying journey for the exam. I'm a special teacher, I'm assuming that's a special educator, and ABA therapist and often get stuck in the New York City traffic going home each day. Having this podcast to listen to made me feel like I wasn't losing study time in the car. I've shared with my friends outside the field as well because it's entertaining and so many life concepts are discussed. Thank you. Thank you so much for leaving this review. We're happy we could be with you in the car so you don't feel like you're missing out on study time.
2: We're always
0: studying here. So we've got your back all the way.
2: Now, before we get into our guest, I think I have something very important to say. And I think I know I just feel like I should give some life hacks since TikTok and Instagram's giving everyone else life hacks. I want to tell you about mine, yes, peanut butter and jelly. Um my most recent go-to snack, if anyone's ever wondering what their go-to snack should be, I feel like I am here to tell you my newest. You know, I'm sick of all these healthy websites telling you like eat celery with uh a little bit of peanut butter or a bag of almonds. I have found the trick and it is I was telling Casey about it the entire ride to the office today, and she's so sweet. She's so supportive. She's like, seriously, how do you make it? Blah blah blah.
0: Anyways, okay.
2: <laughs> if you guys are all waiting for the suspense of what it is, here we go. The answer is chickpeas, also known as garbanzo beans. All right.
0: Hashtag garbanzo beans.
2: (laughs) Hashtag garbanzo. Hashtag. They're underrated and so great. So this is what I do with them, in case you're wondering. You could get the cans, but the cans do get pricey after a while. So you could actually get them like, Hard beans, and you just soak them in water overnight. That's it, regular room temperature water. And then the next day, the morning, they're ready to go. And I just drain them. And then all you have to do is you have to own a lemon, half a lemon, squeeze it on top of your bowl, and Parmesan cheese. And that is your snack. It's healthy. And I didn't know it was healthy. I just liked it. I mean, I figured it was like fine. But then I happened to also, um, while prepping for this podcast, pull up an article that said um, this has been consumed for many, many years, okay? They even found some, like, fossils of chickpeas. So in case you're – and that it is a great source of fiber, and they help slow the rise of blood sugar after a meal and keep you full. So that is my uh, – my tip for all of you guys today, and I want to share in the joy of what I've been eating lately. Anything you want to add to that, Casey?
0: I mean, as someone who struggles with PCOS and um, imbalanced blood sugar levels, I'm excited to try this snack. Wait, is
2: for blood sure. sugar level a part of it? Oh my God, it is.
0: Mm-hmm. A huge part. Yeah, that's why I take the stall or stall, whatever it is, to um, help regulate my blood sugar.
2: Wait, Casey, this is maybe I just figured something out for you. The fiber in chickpeas also serves as a prebiotic, food for healthy bacteria in the gut.
0: Well, you guys know me in my gut. So wait, do, do you,
2: wait, also do you have high cholesterol?
0: <laughs> no, no.
2: Oh, okay, because there's a 16-point decrease in cholesterol if you eat three ounces of chickpeas a day.
0: Well, I'm just really excited. I mean, if we didn't even talk about anything else today, we gave them one good tip about a healthy snack. So thank you for that. Of course.
2: All right, guys, we have our behavioral concepts we'll be covering today, as well as ethical codes we're covering. So let me just call in the behavioral robot. Hello, I am the behavioral robot. I am ready to tell you what we are covering today. We will be covering ethical code 2.12, considering medical needs, ruling out anything medical. We will be covering 3.12 advocating for appropriate services we will be covering 1.05 refer to transition services if needed we will be talking about the importance of collaborating with others and playing nicely in the sandbox we will talk about the fourth core principle ensuring competency and remaining in our scope we will talk about the automatic function the N-E-T, natural environment training, D-T-T, discrete trial training, and verbal behavior assessments, and many more, but there are a few. (laughs) All right, now back to peanut butter and jelly, but a little over, nibbling right along to our topic today. We have an amazing guest, and the guest we have today, Casey's going to give you a full intro. And Casey asked me, How did I meet this guest? And do I ever know where I meet any guest? No, but it might have been LinkedIn. Was it LinkedIn? It was LinkedIn. I'm telling you, LinkedIn for the win. This person, and when we did our pre interview with them, I felt such joy to hear someone talking so positively about where they work and their love for what they do. And Hearing someone excited for Monday mornings is just really refreshing, especially just with like while our field is transitioning, you know, people finding themselves. So with that, Casey, go ahead and tell us about our guest today.
0: So we have Taylor Ross. She is the RBT and field work coordinator and the lead BCBA at Blossom Children's Center in Michigan. So she says that Blossom is her dream career. Because it's an interdisciplinary center that focuses on early intervention, so 18 months to 8 years old, they treat the child as a whole by integrating ABA, speech therapy, occupational therapy, and art therapy. They focus on natural environment teaching and function as a preschool, meaning they have no one-to-one therapy rooms, no mass trialing, and they use learning through play. She is an advocate for all things autism and is 100% for the movement to make ABA more accepted within the autism community. She wants to show the world that ABA is a beautiful science and try to reverse the negative perceptions about our field. So, Taylor, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. That was a beautiful
0: intro. I used, I, I, I kind of redid your one. Oh, yeah, it, long... so it was a little more succinct. And then I was like, she can tell more about herself when she comes on. So, talk a little bit about a little bit more about how you got in the field.
1: Okay. Um, first, following the intro, though, I know a lot of us have been talking about imposter syndrome, and it's real. Like some, like the things you were just saying. It's like, man, you know, I'm doing all of these things. Blossoms doing all of these things, and it's just, it's unbelievable sometimes. And I know sometimes we don't feel like we're competent enough, but we have to give ourselves as BCBAs and people in the field more credit because we're doing it. You know so i got into the field um pretty typically as everybody else did they stumbled upon it Um, in my undergrad i took a learning and memory class and it kind of introed into aba and i thought it was the most fascinating thing in the world and i was like oh my god what is this i was going into general psych Um, i wanted to be a clinical counselor and aba caught my eye They had like a rat lab class. They so we had um we had this class where we had to have a rat put a marble through a hoop by using shaping procedures. Um and it it was just the most incredible thing to me. I do feel bad for the rats. Where where'd you go to school? Central Michigan University. A little up north. That's really cool. Yeah, it was it was a great program. So after you get into like the intro to ABA, you know, they start talking about autism and the autism clinic on campus. I started volunteering at, and it was, you know, I connected with a client there and it sounds cheesy to say, but that client saw me like nobody has ever seen me before. Like they, I, we just connected on like a different level. Um, and I, I just knew I was like, Oh my gosh, this population is what I want to work with. So, um, since then, you know, I, I, Started more ABA classes, did my master's at Ball State, and then got out into the field. So wow. you've been a BCBA
0: for four years, right?
1: Yes. And yeah, I guess I should mention I was a behavior technician for three before that. So about seven years in the field.
2: Were you ever an RBT or no?
1: Um, not technically. We did the trainings. But back I feel like back when you know, we were RBTs. I also wasn't. wasn't. Yeah, I, it was weird. Yeah.
2: I was never an RBT.
1: Yeah. It wasn't as I required. Was, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think it depends on the state. Yeah. I loved it. That's how, that's exactly how I fell into it is that I was working at an adult dayhab program and as just like a direct support professional. And there was no BCBA at the, at the time, but then they hired a clinical director who was a BCBA. That was my first time even really understanding what ABA was. And she wanted to get all of us trained up to be RBTs. And i I love to learn, and I love like I never want to stop, so I was gung ho into it, couldn't wait to take my r v t exam and then enrolled in my master's like a month later. so I was like, yep, this is it. This is what makes sense to me. Clicks my brain for some people' it just, my undergrad it was in my undergrad was in recreational therapy, and I just never felt like connected to it at all. like I loved what we did, but I just didn't feel this like fire. I was like, I need something more like real. And like when you you learn about control and functional analysis and like all the technologies we have, that was where my brain works better.
2: So I want to talk about where you work. So, I mean, I think it's a, a mix of people really not liking where they work. And I think it's also like reinforced. It's like cool to talk about like not liking where you work often. I mean, for example... I think it's also the same way for five-year-olds who go to school. Like my nieces just started a new school, five-year-old twins. And I'm like, Liv, how was school? She's like, so bowing. I, I hate it, you know? And I'm like, she's like, I have to do homework. And I'm like, like they ask for more homework, though. Like that's the thing I know. So it's almost like cool to be a kid and say you don't like school because like the older kids say that. Not th- but it was just so refreshing speaking to you. And you, you told us about where you work and you could tell us also about Blossom, the place that you work and, you know, let the world know when there's good ABA out there. I think everyone should know. But just if you could let us know like wh- where you worked before, where you are now and what makes you so happy there, I think that would be very helpful to anyone listening.
1: Perfect. You don't have to say
2: where you work before. You do say, you know,
1: if you're in Michigan, not where. Yeah. If you're in Michigan or the Midwest, I think there's a reputation of um the type of center I came from, right? We they pump out billables. They pump in kids. They get them in, they keep them forever. Um, so I started at a clinic in Metro Detroit. Um, we did home-based and center-based. Um you know, I started as a behavior tech there, went through the practicum program, and got my BCBA. Started practicing there, um, and you know, I I loved it because you love the kids, you're connected to the kids. Um, I made friends there. I I just knew it it just didn't feel right. Like this wasn't like my I'm gonna die at this place place. You know. Um, So after I was there for two years as a BCBA um, and I'm searching around, social media is amazing, and I find this new place, Blossom, and they're opening their clinic. Of course, it's during COVID, crazy time, but they were opening their clinic in May of 2020 and I Facebook messaged them and I'm like, hey, are you guys hiring BCBAs? They're responding now, not right now, but, you know, check back in a couple months. So check back in a couple months. Luckily, lucky enough for me, they responded and said, yeah, come in for an interview. OK, so the second I walked in, um, I met the owner and the clinical director and I just I was just like this. This is not an ABA center. You know, Like, this is not real. Like the kids are walking around. They're happy. They're they're all together. The techs are happy. The techs are smiling. I'm like, all right, what is going on here? Um, so, you know, I get hired, do my interview automatically, like ethically quit my other job within good times notice. But um, yeah, so moving here, it I can't even really describe it. It has opened my eyes to the way ABA is going. Um, And I really want to emphasize to those who are not happy in their current positions to either advocate for your current companies to either advocate for change at that company or try and find a company where you're happy. Because I promise everybody, all the BCBAs here came from a company kind of similar to where I came from. And it's almost like we took all the good BCBAs from these crappy companies and made this cool company, you know? I don't know. That's the best way to describe
0: that's it. Wonderful. Yeah. So talk to us about this inter- interdisciplinary approach. Because no ABA clinic I've ever worked at has speech, OT, art therapy, all working together,
2: which I think is super Or cool. if they do have it, I've never heard them working together, right? Like some people might – I've seen some clinics be like, oh, yeah, you could get speech here too. And basically it's like just so that parents will leave their child at the clinic longer, that they provide this convenience of like, oh, you could have a 30-minute speech session with your speech therapist. But I it's never heard of people like actually yeah. – like working together, like you told us.
1: Yeah. Um, so it is, yeah, it's very interesting. So like I said, our, our logo is the little Lotus and in between the Lotus, it has ABA, SLP, OT, art, counseling, and like in in the whole flower. So like to us, one doesn't work without the other parts of it. Um, so 90% of our clients here receive multiple services and, so throughout the day and throughout the week, we have these client channels. I don't know who knows about Slack, but um, the client team is in that Slack. And basically, you know, ABA does their treatment plans, speech does theirs, um, so on and so forth. And we update each other constantly. We meet weekly, bi-weekly about that client. Um, and I do wanna get into kind of like what speech wants to say to our world and what OT wants to say to our world and everything. Um, but. I think the biggest thing for me, and it kills me, but as a BCBA, you know, we don't know everything. And I feel like at my old job, at least we, we hit every area of the child. We were the speech therapist. We were the occupational therapist. We were the counselor. And it's like, we don't need to be all of those things in this world anymore. Um, I, I don't know about you guys. Do you guys have, I guess, is your, are your clinics moving toward more collaborative approaches? We don't work in clinics. What I
2: know is, so, no, there's definitely places, and I I, I don't want to say anything out of line, but I do think oh, it's yeah. more like a business model thing of, like, mm-hmm. this, like, again, like I was saying, it's like, oh, we have everything here, you know? The ABA will be your kid's school, because you'll be doing that, and then on site, we have speech therapists who come in, who basically contract with us, you come in once a week or whatever, do that, um, then you get your OT here. But not that I've seen that it's it's like it's like okay when they're with you they're with you when they're with me they're with me but I, I haven't heard of it anywhere um, in terms of like like staying in your like staying in your lane of what you do really well but communicating with others who do what they do really well if right. that makes sense it's kind of yeah. been like like a regular school like. If you think of kids in school, like, you know, like a regular first grade class, it's like, okay, they go to art class now. Right. That's what they're doing. I like, as the general ed teacher, I'm not hearing anything about it. They come back. But I, so that's kind of like what I've seen as a model of these places.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But the fact that you guys are like communicating these goals for all of you to be working on, um, but in your own expertise is yeah. something, it, it sounds like, like a concept to me, honestly, like I have to tell you, like just having like, you know, study notes, like Casey and I, there's people, I get a lot of calls from people being like, I have this new idea. I want to open a clinic. They usually are like (laughs) investment bankers or something. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they have this brilliant idea. We want to have this idea. We're like, it's, it's the top quality ABA. I'm talking like, you know, the best and they could do this here and that. And it's like, okay, yeah, I've heard that idea a million times, but like, are are you? I, I want to see someone do it. So like, sure. when you're telling me about this, it sounds like a concept. Like, but when I hear it's actually done, it it makes me feel so happy. Like, oh, I'm so glad. Honestly, yeah.
1: And I I hope you know. At, I think you mentioned you were looking into opening your own center or practice. Um, I really hope that you guys down you know, the line take down the take line, that yeah. into account. Yeah, I mean, um, so. I guess if we want to, I can talk more about like how it works. So a lot of, so the kids here, you know, they come for their hours, their full day for ABA or whatever it is. We try to stay away from the whole 40 hour regimen, but sometimes it requires that. Um, So they come for their day, you know, and they do get pulled for speech. They do get pulled for OT. That technician directly walks them to that room, um, you know, and they, they, complete their therapy. Sometimes the techs sit in on it. Sometimes the BCBA sit in on it and vice versa. They might sit in on an ABA session, things like that. But one thing about our center, and like I said, we don't really have di- um, separate treatment rooms. Speech and OT is a little different, but, um, you know, we walk through the halls and the speech door is wide. Like we have the half doors, the speech half door is wide open. So it's, you know, we can sit there and listen to what they're doing. And the speech therapist is talking to us at the same time, like, Hey, I'm doing this, you know, this, child has apraxia. This is how we're going to do it. So, you know, even if we're not like one-on-one talking, it's just a constant open flow of communication. What up
2: guys? Liat here. There's some things I want to share with you. And the thing I want to share with you is this. You're listening to our podcast, obviously, because you're interested in ABA. Maybe you're thinking about studying to become a BCABA or a BCBA and thinking where the F am I going to start? Well, stress no more because the behavior bitches have got your back. You can come take the collective with us. And what is the collective? I realize we've been talking about this term for so long, assuming everyone knows. Well, everyone should know and you're about to know. The collective is our 20 class study prep with every single thing you need to know for the BCABA or the BCBA exam. We've broken down every item on the task list and everything in your Cooper book into 20 classes. You could join us live or you could get any of our on-demand options where you have the video bundles to watch on your own time when you're chilling, pour a glass of wine, put on your pajamas, you don't even have to shave your legs, sit there with hairy legs and study. What more could you want? We go over every single concept, give you practice questions, and build the content from the ground up. So go on over to our website, studynotesaba.com and see what we have there. Go check it out.
0: Talk about like, um, kind of like the difference between like a typical, what back, like with Lovas DTT sitting at a table, mass trials versus natural environment teaching.
1: Um, so one of the other things that really caught my eye about Blossom, and I think it just makes everybody, clients, uh, technicians, DCBAs, everybody happier in general, is the NET. So the Naturalistic Environment Teaching versus DTT, the Discrete Trial Training methods. Um, if you're studying, there's a lot of different treatment or teaching methods um you know the most common i think we know are is dtt you sit at a table you mass trial you use flashcards. um we really frown upon that i feel like some learners you know you might need to squeeze in a little a little table time um but for the most part we find you know it's just as effective if not more progress wise on the graphs that we use in open net policy so we have uh, five different classrooms they're separated by age um not functioning level which i really like because that's how schools are right i mean you're going to have different types of students mm-hmm. in your classrooms um, and they have their one-on-one technician still it gets a little crowded but you know we have this we have pretty good sized classrooms we have circle time. We have, um, you know, they all have a schedule. So we travel to the gym together, just like they would in a typical classroom. And we work on those skills. So, you know, instead of sitting at a table, what is it? A shoe. And it's a flash card. When we go into the gym, we're taking off our shoes, labeling shoe. It's a shoe, you know, it's finding those incidental moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, t- a technician marks it on their tablet and things like that. And we have kind of things set up in the hallways too, like colors on the walls and then little objects on the walls to work on tacting and manding. But, um, yeah, it's it's very interesting how it's set up. It's fun.
0: You know what's interesting to me, too, is that people think that that would be easier than setting up DTT, but it's actually, I think, the opposite, where if you're – like you just said, like you have to be thinking of everything in the, the environment and be very creative on – you know, oh, this is going to be tap. This is going to be man. Let's set this up so that the environment is full of stimuli, right? Or whatever it may exactly. be. It's not just, oh, I printed out 10 flashcards and I'm sitting at a table, right? Exactly. And I know DTTs also can be difficult, but setting up the environment ahead of time antecedently right. is it's, crucial it's for a proper session to go. Yeah, yeah.
1: And that that's a lot on our technicians. You know, we train them well and we have lead technicians and our practicum students, which really help, um, you know and you know they can communicate hey i'm in this classroom there's no opportunities to work on lrffc so obviously we would make that work but um, yeah it's it's very different and i'm not knocking dtt sometimes it works but you know i feel like I mean to be honest i would rather do anything than create those cards we're just <laughs> sit at a table give them a timed break
0: it's like, uh Well, it's just not natural. No. It's like it's you not. said, like, yeah, you could show them a picture card of a shoe, but why wouldn't you just show them their real shoes? Exactly. <laughs> right? like,
1: exactly. It's going
0: to help so much more with generalization than exactly. a flashcard.
1: Just breaking that rigidity, you know, that we have in in our field right now, I think is going to be a big, big change. And um, yeah, like you said, it generalizes. So we show them five different shoes throughout the day versus that one flash card. So...
0: Yeah, it's amazing. So talk to us a little bit about like how you do collaborate with OT and speech. And, you know, what are some of the things that you find similar or different or helpful? Yeah.
1: So, uh, like I said earlier, it's hard as a BCBA for us to kind of admit, we don't know it all. Um, we are all amazing in what we, we do. And I give so much props to BCBAs, but, um, It goes down to, you know, our ethical code. Um, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I think when you wrote it down, keeping in our scope of practice. So one of the core values, Mm -hmm. ensuring our competence, Um, just like you would treat a child who has a broken leg, you take him to the doctor. For a child that has a speech impediment or is diagnosed with apraxia, um, you know, why are we not seeking out? other disciplines for that. And, you know, some families aren't educated enough or fortunate enough to be able to seek out all those other, you know, well, they have ABA, they don't have transportation to speech, they don't have transportation to OT. Um, You know, so when we are working together, just the main example I have for speech, um, you know, we use the ESA off of the VB map. For those studying, it's uh, an coex assessment, you know, we look at that. Uh-huh. We test those words, see if the child can echo it. But Dr. Barbara S. Okay. She is the, the BCBA and SLP um, that came out with the ESA. And we use those targets, you know, to probe and test coex. I just learned last year, you don't use those in everyday, you know, training with a child. And, you know, that was a big eye opener for me. I think she came out and like made an announcement, you know, don't use a funny dog as an echoic, you know, you should be using things in their real life environment. So sometime, you know, when we first started the speech paths were like, why are they having them say like bigaboo or, you know, this, this, and this like over and over again. And, you know, so speech really advises us in terms of, you know, okay, if we do need to work on level one ISA stuff, we're going to make sure make it functional to their, their daily life, you know, instead of um, saying, wah, wah, they don't even like water. Why are we teaching them to say wah, wah? You know, let's, let's teach them to say, or, you know, juice or something. I mean, it's different for every learner, but so SLP, they really help BCBAs put things into context of, you know, you can work on a coix, but this is what we should be working on at this time. So that's really helpful. And then there's like, like I said, there's the diagnosis, Piece like apraxia is in children is um, treated much differently than just a typical speech session. I would have never known that. So kids that literally cannot motor plan the words from their mouth, who would have ever known? You know that there's a whole different treatment. So just just things like that. So we would communicate about that. Um, they also, I kind of asked like, if you could say anything to the ABA world, what would it be? They really want us to have, you know, the items. Showing to the kids too. So instead of, like I said, instead of just saying "say cup, say cup," always show them a cup. You know, I know it's an echoic, but it, it's almost like a tact too. Like you're kind of doing both. Yeah, and- I was gonna say mm-hmm. it's
0: that like tact to a coic or a coic to yeah, tact. Yeah, yeah. It's you're gonna get more bang from your buck if you're teaching double like that instead right. of just a verbal stimuli that they might not be able or a vocal, you know, stimulus that they can't attend to, but exactly. if they see it. Like, visually, that might help them more.
2: Well, I have to tell exactly. you, even now, I mean, I feel like <laughs> since having a Kobe, I, mm-hmm. I like, so many things that, like, what, what when you're saying, like, oh, show them the item for them to say it. It's like, now that I have a kid doing that, I'm like, that makes so much sense. So, like, I'm like, what's happened? Because at one point, I'm like, my kid's a prodigy. He'll repeat back anything. Anything I'd say, I'd say, like, say, ooh-wee. Say, say, yuck, say this. Now suddenly he like won't say anything unless it actually has a purpose to him. It's like he's like realizing that like, like, oh no, like if, why would I say that if I don't need to like say that word? Like his his words are having If it's not going to
0: gain him access to something.
2: Yeah. So like I just like used to like hearing him say certain things. I thought he says I'm cute. Like say shoes, but there's no shoes around, you know?
0: Right.
2: Say, you know say, hi, mom, even though like we've been together, like when he said that the first day, like my heart melted. But it's like to him, it's like, dude, what what are you doing? We've been together for the past like three hours. Why would I say <laughs> right, hi mom? <right>. between? <laughs> but like, it, it's true. These things that we have, that was more for like my enjoyment just to hear, you know. But I love that like, name, by teaching the way. Koby? These- yes. Kobe? Thank oh you. Gosh, so Me too. Where'd you come Let's- up with that? So I love Kobe. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I ugh. don't call sports at all. <laughs> No, actually, so we had to find something that was like, you know, Kobe's dad is Israeli and I'm American, but I I liked Israeli names, but I wanted something that could be used both. So it's actually Jacob is like the real name, which like I don't see him as a Jacob at all. In fact, I wanted his real name to be Kobe on paper, but he came so early. The doctor was like, what's the name? and um Ellie Ron had said Jacob and I'm like who the fuck is Jacob anyway so I tried changing <laughs> it a day after to make it legally Kobe and they like were charging me to do it and I was like you know I'm Jewish I'm not paying for that we'll keep it as Jacob and call him Kobe <laughs> so Kobe it is and I we did it. an i we did an i even though my sister said it was feminine and she's like with an i is like tony braxton anyways <laughs> peanut butter and jelly no, over there I love it uh, but yeah, they're like, no, but these different things are so true. It's like, of course you should teach them, like, these random, like, echoics that are going to actually serve them in some way, you know, as right. opposed to these, right. like, I mean, we, we should understand that more than anyone, understanding the MO.
1: I know, you're right. Like, wh-
2: why, would, why would they want to say these random sounds that aren't, you know, valuable
0: to- right. Contacting <laughs> reinforcement, right? Yeah. Totally. Because not all kids just like a praise or a good job. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes that's aversive. So they really, you need to focus on what's beneficial to them.
1: Right. We're learning as a field. We're learning every day.
0: That's a good Um, way to put it. And always be open to learning. And I love what you said is not, we don't know it all. We have to
1: collab. We have to. Um, So I want to ask
0: Oh,
2: sorry. You know, keep going. No, no, go, go, go. I want to OT. know about OT. Okay, no, then I know good what you said
1: about
2: speech. Oh, Delete and me there, Alan.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you guys want me to say this, but there, I don't know if anybody else has heard this. There's like a misconception that speech uh, is not evidence based. It is. It's research based. Oh. So,
0: if anyone in the ABA world thinks it's not, it is. F off everyone! It is okay. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So is OT.
1: Yeah, everything. You know, we do. We don't just do this for shits and giggles. So um, OT, OT is so fascinating to me, and it. I think I hope it just clicks with you guys and some of our listeners. So occupational therapy. Um, One big thing we focus on, and if you don't know, most I think it's about eighty percent of kids with autism or people with autism uh, have sensory processing issues or disorders. So, you know, as a BCBA, how are we looking at that in the ABA lens? I don't know if anyone can think of anything off the top of their head, um, but I know when I my kids used to, you know, go run down the halls and flop and try, spin and do all these things, I had no idea kind of what the purpose was. So our occupational therapist, they basically tell us there's different types of kids. There's kids that get overstimulated, there's kids that are understimulated. What we want to do is get them at like the optimal stimulation level. So for us, we do we do the same thing. Just like we always talk about stimming, you know, we do we stim. We drink our coffee to bring us up to that off optimum level, or we might drink wine at night to bring us down to like our optimum functioning level. Um, so we'll, we need to do that with our kids too. So occupational therapy, they take the child, they bring them, you know, there's fun rooms, therapy rooms, gym, and, you know, they know like, okay, this kid needs uh, proprioceptive input. And I'm pretty sure that's like the input on like feeling things, they need to be hugged, they need squeezes, um, you know, or they might need to be spinning to get to that. So, you know, weighted vests, things like that, headphones, that's all in the um, OT realm that, you know, I used to just throw a pair of headphones on a kid and you know, it's all we know, right? Like I'm not knocking myself either, but like you were saying, um, this goes a lot on the automatic function, right? So Mm -hmm. for the four functions of ABA listeners. Um, one of them is the automatic mm-hmm. function. And I think that it basically goes hand in hand with OT. What 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 is it that they're seeking out of this automatic function?
0: Yeah, and that's a lot of BCBAs don't have that under their toolkit or belts, you know? Understanding Well, that. it's
2: hard. That's like it's mm-hmm. like you kind of are secretly like crossing your fingers when you're doing like a yeah. or something. You're like, okay, let's just hope this is attention. That's like kind of easy. We know how to hold that, that, or, or ta- yeah, or tangible. or tangible. But the
0: automatic, it's like yeah, oh, no, it's no, like no, oh, come on, uh, no, no, no,
1: no, Even like like you think like okay, some kids fecal smear, are you, they're like playing with their spit, and it's like okay, automatic function. What do we do now? And it's it's just so helpful to be like okay, ot, hey, what can we replace this with? Okay, we have like a thing of aloe and a bucket, and that's serving that same function. It's it's just pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So that's OT.
0: That's creative. And, yeah, that is creative. What did OT say that they want us to know?
1: <laughs> um, like I, I said, excited. they just want us to know that if a child is not responding to you, it doesn't always mean that they, you know, they're ignoring us. They don't want to. They are just not. Sometimes, sometimes they're just not at that optimal learning level. Um, they, she had an analogy. Um, Katie, one of our OTs, our lead OTs, she said, imagine walking through a concert and you have this full cup of coffee and you're just really focused on not spilling this cup of coffee. And everyone is like, move over, move over. They're trying to bump into you and you're hearing them, but you're not responding to them because you're just so focused on this cup of coffee. Um, you know, some of our friends are just so focused on their sensory processing that they're just not They're just, It's mm-hmm. just going over their head sometimes. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting. That's That's really cool analogy. Yeah, these are like
0: really good things for us, our field, to hear. I love. Yeah,
1: I hope. I hope. So the other piece of our lotus, the two pieces, uh, counseling. So kind of typical psychotherapy, and then art therapy. Um, Art therapy is the coolest thing, and I think you guys had uh, Natasha on. She did art and ABA. Mm -hmm. Um, and I Mm -hmm. listened, I obviously listened to that. I listened to most of your guys' stuff and she, you know, talked about the expressiveness, how it goes hand in hand with, you know, emotional regulation, things like that. Um, it's so important and I don't want to throw more stats out. I did look some up though. Um, let's see.
2: Throw them out. We're evidence-based too.
1: For people on the spectrum, anxiety and depression is 30% higher than- the typical people, children, whatever it may be. Um, so again, I consider depression, anxiety, just as much of a medical diagnosis as anything else. I suffer from anxiety and you know take medication for it. I would hate if same girl, same. <laughs> okay, same. hey, antidepressant and anti anxiety club. Um, <laughs> no shame, but you know nope. they, you know. Some some kids aren't going to sit down and have a Freudian therapy session where they talk about their parents. So instead of that, you know, a child is super upset. They're really dysregulated. Our art therapist, she's bringing them in. You know, we have like a big canvas. Oh, my God, you should see our room. It's um, paint everywhere, but big canvas. And they're just like splashing our paint, you know, glitter, things like that. And it's really just letting them express themselves in that moment. And then afterwards, it's a beautiful piece of art, but, you know, just, Mm -hmm. and they also talk about, they talk through, oh my gosh, it looks like you're feeling so mad right now. You're feeling so happy and just labeling, you know, things that we might not do all day through ABA. I would like to, but, you know, just having that one-on-one time with the art therapists and counselors is really important.
2: I love that. My my ABA sessions always would be moved to the art room because first of all, (laughs) I love art. And I love art supplies. And like any anywhere I've been, like when I was a camp counselor, like I found myself always in like the arts and crafts closet, Yeah. anything, like taking some supplies home, you know. But I felt like there was so much to do through art as opposed to just sitting.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. like you can
2: make so many activities. And, and let them make messes. I don't know. Like
1: let them
0: be kids. <laughs> yeah, I used to love at our center, um, we had a really creative office manager and – I'm not creative, but I I love art. I just – I mean, it's not in my, like, repertoire as much. But every holiday or – she'd make up holidays or make up crafts. And us as, like, the RBTs, when we'd bring our clients, it was my favorite thing when she'd have a new project. And everyone was just so happy and in their zone. And we put some, like, music on or a movie in the background. And everyone's just, like, very low – problem behaviors everyone's engaged it just so was soothing. really beautiful to see art is mm-hmm. just good for the soul which I've gotten into too I'm not into art but I'm obsessed now whenever I'm like sitting before a meeting and I'm anxious um I'm showing her right now this our coloring book that we have I've yeah, been now because wow. it's already there I just trace it and I've just been feeling like so much calmer going into things just by oh, like five it. minutes of Drawing, which I love I've it. never done before. So it's part of my my new little anti-anxiety. Yeah. Practice.
1: Um, and then that. last thing, counseling. Um, so they are two separate things considered here. Um, I think the main thing, counseling for our, you know, semi-vocal, verbal friends, definitely a one-on-one counseling session is important. We really mm-hmm. focus on supporting the parents, though. So a lot of our parents come in have a one-on-one counseling session with our counselors um, and then we also have like parent support mm-hmm. groups that we run we have a mom's group a dad's group that are run by the counselors and a BCBA so I don't know just offering not just the whole child but the whole family the support a lot of the siblings come in and talk to the counselors and uh, it's just it's just so cool
0: I <laughs> just love it I just feel so I feel so happy to hear this because I remember when I was running a clinic we only had BCBA, RBTs. And um, we'd have people stop in and and really ask for that, you know, counseling session or um, families needing help with their siblings or, and we didn't offer that. And I felt like, you know, I was being thrown to the wolves to like also be a counselor. And I was like, this is not in my scope of competency the way it would be if someone's a trained counselor. Exactly. So it's wonderful that you guys offer all that. It's like, Everything someone would need through the whole process. Yeah, I yeah, think it also cool. could help with burnout, like oh, with yeah. burnout when you're
2: trying to be everything. Mm-hmm. That's what, yes, absolutely. Like I, I always was, and I secretly kind of liked it, but I know you're not. Supposed, like I also felt like I was, like a therapist, like a, yes. like a mental health therapist, like to so the parents. I mean, I'm talking like. Yeah. Like not like, but even like beyond like, okay, obviously like, you know, like the, the the regular nerves of like, oh my God, I have a kid with autism. What do I do? But also to like, you know, it like it would get to like, like how it's affected their sex life and blah, yes. blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, and like, and, like, and like, like the nosy side of me is like, okay, this is interesting hearing it. But the other side of me is like, how the fuck am I supposed to be a therapist? Like the, like the direct, uh, Behavior technician doing this, like that, right. you know, like it was just
1: like, oh my gosh, you're so you know? right. Marital problems it brings up. It's like, okay, let me refer you to our counselor because, oof.
0: Yeah, that's a uh-huh. heavy, hard to get into. Yes. Well, that's amazing. So it seems like, you know, I think a theme of it for any listener, there are good places out there, mm-hmm. and hearing th- like this type of approach. If you do, you know, go to interview, you know, ask these questions. Like, do you have other disciplines working together? What does that look like? Um, Get a feel, like she said, when she walked into the clinic, everyone was happy and smiling, and like that's something really important too. When you go interview at jobs, you know, you want to see. Ask for a tour. me around the clinic. Yeah, check it out. Yes, yes. yeah. You're
1: like, ooh, this doesn't feel right.
0: Yeah, like, why is this kid sitting by himself in a room? Like, this is not cool. Right, right. What's going on? Yeah. So, Taylor, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this. I think it's really, really beneficial to our listeners, and you're so, so sweet. So thank you. I'm so happy. to Thank you guys so much. And
2: I feel overjoyed to know that there's... First of all, I want to let everyone know, because the the amount of good that Taylor speaks about Blossom. You'd think this is like a paid sponsorship. We don't do any paid sponsorships of anything on this show. This is legit. And also, I just want to tell Blossom something, if you're listening. You guys, I mean, it seems like she's going to be with you guys forever. She said, like, this is where I'll die. Yep. But give this girl a raise. Like, when you have someone who (laughs) loves what they do this much and talks so positively about a place and – Disseminates this love and the power of what ABA can do. This is the, the the people that we need to reinforce their behavior. So if you're listening, and I know Taylor's like red right now, embarrassed, but I, I don't uh. care. This is <laughs> this is fun for me. I love it. Uh, just to to have someone like this is so special for the families. For you know, um, for a company to know that you have someone there who loves what they're doing. Like there's nothing that should, you know give someone more comfort and excitement. So Taylor, thanks for all that you're
0: doing.
1: You guys too. You're really speaking to the whole ABA world. So I'm just so glad we could have this opportunity.
0: Me too. Thanks, Taylor.
2: All right, guys, that's it for today. You know where to find us. You can find us on Instagram, Behavior Bitches Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Behavior Bitches Podcast. You could find us on our website and send us a message there at behaviorbitches.com. And we love it when you reach out with different topics that you'd like us to do. Personally, the weirder the better. If you got something weird behavior wise that we could add in, you don't even have to be in the field of ABA. Don't worry, we could ABA it for you. So go ahead, send us a message. And that's all we have for you today. So, as always, love ya. Mean it.